We're back to the Neil Haley show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment. And Dave, you like now the beard shaving too? I'm trying to get more and more of that television look because, again, I'm just getting used to the Zooms. I love radio. But you now, hey, we got to go to years TV. off. Yeah. You shaved 20 years off your life. Good, yeah, good. I, exactly. Just shaving that way. I look like a lot younger, for sure, Dave, than when I look like I'm, you know, getting to the, my 50s. I can kind of, I don't know what I can play off at my yeah. 40s, at 47. But, you know, it is what it is. But Dave, You look younger great. than me now. <laughs> oh, that, oh, thanks, Dave. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a great compliment because I just woke you up. But we have an amazing guest today. It's Oscar Smith. He's a celebrity trainer, but also has written a book. So let's welcome Oscar to the program. Welcome to the show, Oscar. Personal hey, trainer to you. the stars. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So I'm gonna thank jump you so much for having me. I'm going to jump to the first question. Oscar, growing up, was fitness such an important thing for you? Yes, growing up was, um, I always was into athletics. Athletics basically kept me in school, not to run around with, as they say, the riffraff or the bad kids, <laughs> because that just kept me going. Then I needed also a C average in order to play in sports through, you know, high school and college and everything else like that. So it just kept me on that path of staying, you know, I don't want to stray off. I want to stay focused. And it, it's great when you play sports with all different types of people from different backgrounds. And that's the best thing about sports. It brings so many different people together. Definitely does. I think sports is such a great foundation, Dave, for my life and how I stay structured and always have that uh, competitive urge to constantly get better. Yeah, of course. Um, I want to know your, uh, you're the guy to the stars. Tell me some of the stars so that I can know who I'm talking to here. <laughs> I always tell everyone just one simple name or one simple thing. I say, Google Oscar Smith trainer. You get oh. the world about me. I Most of my were... clients, they like their privacy and I keep their privacy as it is. Um, but I always drop one name for everybody. Tom Brady. How about that? Uh, I thought the okay, name no, you were going to drop. He has a big list on his thing. If I uh, pulled up my phone, I would go I'll and look at some of these, but uh yeah he's he so if you looked at the list uh somehow your your publicist decided to add the list a little bit more oscar but you know what i don't like you now oscar tom brady is a pittsburgher come on now he's disappointed me too many times tom brady <laughs> so so you must have the good good oscar what? When you said uh, you got one name on the list, I thought he was going to say uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. No, Tom Brady. <laughs> so you, if you didn't know that, Dave, his, his regimen, the ability that he has at his age, still playing in the National Football League at a high level, mm. is just amazing, right? Wouldn't you agree, Oscar? It's yes. You know, it is with a lot of those guys on certain levels as what they call alpha males. He is one of those. But he also – has a lot of good experience and fundamentals, the basics of throwing, catching, uh, what they call motor skills, hand-eye coordination is very good as well. So a lot of people don't realize when you step to that level of the pro athlete, it's a lot of more work that you got to put into it that people don't realize on the off-season where you're just constantly training. You know, further your season than the off-season, there's no days off, there's no down days. And that's the whole thing where a lot of people go, I want to become a pro. And then they get into pros and they kind of wash out. And it's, it's a big thing for people to understand that you step up your training to the next level because now you're with a bunch of pros. So um, you have to always stay in point, especially 
The worst thing is when you get to that level and you basically mentally and physically fail yourself. Now, you don't just do the pros, right? You do normal people like uh, me. Yes, I do everybody. Yeah. All right. Everyone. So so let's say you're doing a star who's, who's doing Let's talk about uh, Will Smith when he was doing Muhammad Ali, right? He said he had to gain so much weight of muscle in a very short amount of time. How do you do that? Protein shakes and basically powerlifting. So you're eating every basically three hours like a bodybuilder's diet. So it's high-end protein, and then you're maxing out, let's say, just one body part every couple of days so bench press let's say on monday then on tuesday you're going to do legs and then on uh wednesday you're doing shoulders now remember you have a high protein diet and you're sleeping at least six to eight hours a day so you're making sure and there's a limited amount of cardio and then you kick that up a next notch where you take the protein out to lean you out to get that rip you know midsection mm, now you take like. that out and eat include high cardio with high reps and weights now to give you that basic, that lean cut look. Yeah. Is that, is that hard to achieve for a normal guy? I mean, you gotta be very motivated. Of course he's motivated. He's probably going to make a lot of money on the movie. He right. wanted the recognition, et cetera. But uh, was it giving him energy? Because to be motivated, you need energy, don't you? Yeah. The energy is like you said, is the paycheck. You know, a lot <laughs> of guys are like, Hey, I'm going to give you $10 million to get into shape. Same thing, the true story is with Robert Downey Jr. when they gave him, I don't know, $200 million to play Iron Man. Mm, he was like, right. all right, I'm not really a gym guy or anything else. And then he got into, he's really big into Kung Fu. He loves training Kung Fu. And I remember him and Guy Ritchie on the set of Sherlock Holmes, because Guy Ritchie's into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and they would go and spar with each other on set, which was yeah. kind of funny. But that is a great motivation for a lot of people like, look, you're going to make this amount of money or you're not. So let's say the guy who does yeah. Superman or Kristen Bale was like another actor who fluctuates so much in their weight. And once you get used to that, it's very easy to maintain it. Last mm. example is Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's always been in great shape. Yeah. It's easy. Once you're in fantastic shape, it's easy to maintain it. You can gain a few pounds, lose a few pounds yeah. in a matter of a week. It's real easy. You know, wow, that, that would motivate me. So, 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 Dave, the way I look at it like this, I was talking to Oscar about when I really got back in shape three years ago, I first dropped lots of weight. It was like 285 down to about 250. But then I started powerlifting, and I put all that weight back on in muscle. Then I stopped lifting altogether, so that's where I am today. A little bit more. Uh, you you missed the, uh, the trim down cut uh, section. No, I did trim down. Then I tried to build back up because I looked too I skinny see. for my frame at six foot yeah. 10. So, Oscar, I'm six foot 10 legitimate. And right now, probably wow. 290, 300 pounds. I got down to 250, and that was just too skinny unless you get really ripped. But, you know, tall guys. They, they need to have that frame and build up, right? Don't you agree? When you kind of put somebody in shape, you want them a certain size. Sometimes too skinny just doesn't look good on certain guys' builds, right? Right. What's the ideal weight for, for a six foot 10 guy? It depends. For him, he should be at least 250, the minimum 250. And the maximum? Again, maybe 245 to his leanest weight. Because remember, the more weight you drop, the leaner you get and then your more definition comes out, your muscle definition. And that's something depending on what you want. Like if you take the guy who played in Game of Thrones, the Mountain of Powerlifters or the Strongman Contest, 
they're big guys. You need size in order to lift size. So you're not going to be pushing a Budweiser truck if you weigh 180 pounds. There's no way. You need mass in order to move mass. So for him being a big guy, also his bone structure, you know, I'm five foot eight. I could imagine having another foot on me. I'm like, all right, you're not going to look, as you said, aesthetically or healthy. It almost looks like, hey, what's up? I'm not sure you get yeah, one. I look emaciated at like, 250. I think they 270, were like, 270. But that's because I'm very, I mean, because of my days of, you know, professional wrestling and different things, I was the 310, 320. So I think a 270 would be a perfect weight for me, you know, looking like, you know, like kind of how uh, Dolph Lundgren looks at certain points, but for my, I'm a little tall and Dolph is, I think that that would be a perfect uh, size if I would look to get in shape. I, I am going to get in shape. I'm going to get in back in shape when I hit the ring. Uh, Dave, that's one of my, I guess I'm announcing it now. What, when COVID's over, I am returning to the ring. So if that's at 50, I'm returning to the ring at 50 to become champion. <laughs> and I'm And so that is a goal and I'm going to do it. And I have the platform and I'll be announcing that. Wow. Soon. So I'll be returning to the ring at 50. But I will not be looking to get down to the trunks like I did or anything. I'll be wearing the suit and tie gimmick that I ran in wrestling. So I don't have to worry about being cut, shape, all that stuff. I want to just be in shape. I want to lose certain weight, certain mass. And I think 260, 270 would be a, a goal weight for me. But I want to be strong. Because when you're in the ring with guys, and I don't know if you ever knew this, Oscar, that they sometimes screw up, especially against – Am, not amateurs, but guys that are green. And I got to be able to take them down and stretch them to let them know who's boss. Like, of it, course. It, it, you know, uh, even though I'm 47, 50 years old, I still can go with you even though you're 30, 20, 25, well, 27. Last example is what you said before. Dolph Lundgren's daughter, I train her. So oh, really? She's a model. She's very athletic. She actually did uh, a couple of um, – I have a show called Sweat on YouTube where I – do different workouts or try different workouts with guest co-hosts in New York City. Um, she's in my one for Switch Playground. And she's a big girl, very athletic, definitely comes from athletic genes. I met her mom. Her mom came to New York, trained with me. They, she lives in Spain. Um, but, like, having good genes is very important. And for you, you have to think 270 is an ideal weight. you got to think of flow, ability, your movement. That's the key thing. So 260 would probably be your ideal weight with the muscle mass up top. Mike Tyson just stepped back into the training platform. Right. You can I see saw him that. at 53. Yeah. And he, again, you don't lose that technical boxing skill he has. And he's telling guys about angles. And you see how fast, I mean, he's 53 years old. He's got yeah. a little bit, you know, of a spare tire around him, but I wouldn't want to get hit by him at yeah. all. And he's still fast. So you got to remember that, let the old time, the new kids know when you think you step in a ring, I'm going to twist you up like a pretzel. Just because I'm older doesn't mean I lose my skill. And that's the same thing like with grandmasters and martial arts. There's nothing better than watching some 80-year-old man take some 30-year-old wannabe thinking they're so hot crap and basically make him cry like a baby within three <laughs> seconds. Yeah. So think about that for yourself and don't worry about it. So now, the, one of the places I'm looking at is there's a guy that trains UFC stuff too to get back and do some ufc stuff too dave's like are you kidding me but no like sparring not like for real like to the ufc no way but that's the kind of stuff in the mindset you have to have with these younger guys that are out of shape i don't know if you've looked at the minor league pro wrestling ranks most of these promoters run shows with guys that don't look like wrestlers because vince Correct. has signed all of them up meaning if they look like anything triple h has picked them up 
By the way, I've had right. Dolph Lundgren on my show. So I don't know if you know my background of celebrity interviews, and Dave and I have done a many interesting celebrity interviews, but Dolph, that was, I really wanted to be in a movie with Dolph, you know, because that was one of my favorite movies, again, the Russia versus the United States. And so Rocky he told Ford. me the story about his daughter, too, in our interview because of his book, Dolph's book, and he talked about specifically Spain and all that stuff. So interesting. So he brings, he name drops, Dave's just like me. We start talking celebrity. You got a name drop. Go with your next question. Yeah. I'm very yeah. But no, I, I hate the face because uh, can we have control over how much weight the face, you know, picks up? Either either we're looking gaunt like we got AIDS, yeah, or we uh, we're looking fat like uh, Laurel Hardy. You know. Correct. The facial thing is that is basically all weight. Um, when you get what they call sunken in cheeks. That's what should be a sole sign for you that you lost too much weight. That's what uh, I was at two fifty. I agree. I agree. But but the uh, you know I, I read the manuals that say well at this height here's your ideal weight. We can't always go by that, can we? No. That is all right. When they Thank do God. any of that, that was done all in the 1950s where they just took an entire pool of people at the age of 40, no matter if they're in shape, what color, race, what their diets were. The insurance companies did that, which is funny because no one changed that basically <laughs> like the old. Food period, no one changed it. So yeah. for me being 5'8, I'm 190 pounds. I'm 20 pounds overweight, according to that chart. But you look at me, I'm all muscle, you know, yeah. lean body, everything else like that. So you can't go by that. You have to go by what you feel and how you feel. Yeah. It's like if you're looking for strength, you're going to know when you put on too much size. You're going to go from feeling like a gazelle to an elephant <laughs> where you feel like you can't move anymore. Yeah. And, I'm 5'8 also. And, uh, and I'm down to 162 and a half, roughly. And this is okay. When I get down to like 158, I look like I have AIDS. Yes, exactly. I get the same. My wife yells and she's like, honey, you got too skinny. Because <laughs> when I kick in too much cardio, especially in the summer, because I do triathlons, yeah. and it's like to the point where you look like you're sick. You're like, oh, are you okay? Are you sick? You're like, no, I just <laughs> dropped a lot of weight. And it's funny because the body will fluctuate between five to eight pounds. Especially so what did, for athletes. What did you say you weigh again? I'm 190. Wow. That's got to be all muscle then. No, yeah, it's definitely – so, so the BMI, you think, is not – shouldn't look at the BMI then, depending on the person and they're working out. What do you think on that, Oscar? Correct. Your body mass index, that number that people – I'm sorry. I don't yeah, want to talk right. over you. Then that's okay. Go continue. Oh, the body mass index, those numbers, again, it goes by a big chart that they just basically took people off the street and said, okay, let's put this and compile them together. The only way to accurately get your really BMI is to go to a specific like training camp, like, like we're going to say Colorado Springs for the Olympic Training Center, somewhere along that caliber, that's going to tell you exactly what your weight should be for your height. But it's also depending on your ability of your sport. Like, if you're a tennis player, you're not going to weigh 220 pounds. No. no. But if you are a pro athlete, as in a football wrestler or things like that, you need mass or when you're weight class, you're not going to weigh 105 pounds. You know, it's basically what your sport is and what you're trying to do. Depends on your body mass index or your level of how much weight proportion to ratio to, you know, strength minus mobility, agility, things like that. And that's the key thing where, like, we'll go back to Brady. He's a tall, lanky guy. And I remember when I first met him, and he's, he's not exactly muscular. He's not a really big, solid guy. 
when you meet like Strahan or BB or Justin Tuck, you know, I reach, I'm like, I used to say, does your mama know you get, you're playing football with them boys? I'm like, there's some big guys. Like, there's some guys like, dude, you, I don't need a car. I'm like, I'll just ride you in the back. But that's a whole thing where it depends on what the sport and what you want to do. So that's going to calculate or basically determine your body mass index or what you need in order to perform. Well, how about the fat index? Um, there's two ways to do it, right? One way is you hold your hands on some metal things. Another way is they grab your spare tire and they, they measure that. Are either of those ways uh, accurate? No, they're not. The same thing, the, the calculator they have, the little grips, the vice grips, that was nonsense. The same thing goes in a truck. <laughs> the other one that you squeeze and hold on to, it's basically if you want to get someone's hand pressure of how strong they are, that's about it. Not about, oh, my God, we're going to plug in your numbers. Remember, most of that's all gimmicks. Uh, there's so many gimmicks inside, you know, fitness now that just make people, oh, well, I feel good about myself. So let me buy this machine or let me get this. And there's no real way. And I tell everyone. There's no the real way? way. The, the, there is the real way, but it's very expensive. And you have to go to a, a specific <laughs> training facility that deals just with pro athletes to get that if you want those real numbers i tell okay. everyone real easy if you want to know how you look and feel anyway when you take a shower and you get out of the shower stand in front of the mirror oh, yeah. that full mirror that mirror does not lie so no, you see the roll you'll see whatever it is you see your chest not going where it's supposed to be you know you're like oh man all right i need to get in shape and just keep that image like you mentioned rocky before remember Remember when Rocky he took the picture of Dolph Lundgren and put it in the mirror when he was training? That's him focusing on that. This is my opponent. This is who I'm trying to be. You can take a selfie of yourself and say, hey, this is how I want to look, or this is my goal to get my, my chest back in shape, get my, you know, my arms big again, or lean out, get rid of the spare tire. Remember, focus is the key thing when it comes to fitness and consistency. Certain diets don't work for everybody. Certain workouts don't work out yeah. for everybody. So you have to figure out which one works particularly for you. So you approach it like a mathematical formula. You already know the equal, what numbers I need to plug in there as in exercises and diet that's going to get me to that equal sign or exactly that perfect build that I want. All right. So tell us about the book. Now, we talked about good personal training questions. Well, let's talk about the book now. My book is titled Natural Strength. Uh, I've been pretty much writing it for almost 10 years, finally came out. And it is about how everyone relates back to being to their inner child, where you get out and you went out to exercise for fun, not for a lot of, oh, just a time, you know, just for an hour here doing this. And I want people to go back to simplicity, not thinking too complex or too, over, um, too overwhelmed about what to do, where to go, what kind of workout. Go out and just do something. I tell everyone, if gardening, that counts as exercise. Washing your car, exercise. Something in movement. A body in motion stays in motion. So I want everyone to go back to that simple time when you went out and you played. You enjoyed the play for hours as if like a kid. It's very hard now as us adults, I'm sure, like with you, to get your buddies together and say, hey, guys, let's go play some basketball. Yeah, exactly. Half of them are going to go like, uh, no, I got my kids or my back yeah. hurts or no, next week. Exactly. You know, like any sort of sports activity with your friends. And you're like, dude, just because we're older doesn't mean we've stopped playing. I mean, that's a great point. I didn't think about that. I mean, I was trying to play basketball probably uh, 38, 39, now I'm 47. So I'd love to get back. But uh, the fear is also injury. 
the fear is also different things. I mean, so I guess I'm getting back in the ring, <laughs> saying fear of injury, and I want to get back in the ring. But then that gives that gives you a vitality that makes you feel younger again, and it makes you kind of, and especially if you do it right, you get in shape, you do the different things, and then you do that activity. It's fantastic for your whole life, right, and everything, right. Correct. When you start getting back in shape, it helps release the endorphins, that happy drug adrenaline, and you start organizing a little bit more of your lifestyle. You start putting things in parameters like, okay, I'm going to fix this. I'm not going to procrastinate anymore. I'm not going to become lazy anymore because you like that that feeling. You feel good about yourself. And that's a key thing as human beings. We want to always feel good about ourselves. And we talked before about positivity. Yes. You want to be with positive people around you. That. You want to also project that positivity also around people that attracts that kind of people. When you have all sorts of people who are negative, you want to always stay away from them. People who complain all the time, they're the ones that I always call the dreamers. That you say, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I've been writing this book for 30 years. Well, you said that 30 years ago and you still haven't done it. So you're one of those kind of people. It says, you know, <laughs> you want to be that person that says, I'm going to do something, you do it, and you find a way to do it. Same when it comes to exercise. 5 a.m. I start. I tell everyone, you know, get up early. No one's going to bother you. Five, six in the morning. Don't go out all night. You know, come in, relax, find your personal time, get your friends together, you know, try and do group activities, whatever you can to help motivate and thrive off of each other to do and accomplish what you want. There's nothing better also when you feel you accomplish something. You feel good about yourself. You never should feel that oh my God, I feel like a loser. I didn't do this. I didn't take care of that. Plan things out. And exercise helps you do that to think. And I tell everyone, when I swim, you know, it's great. There's no music. There's distraction. You're in the water. You're breathing. It allows you to think just to relax and think. No phones, no music. I tell everyone, when you exercise, you focus in on what you're doing. That's a key thing. So nothing's distracting. you. Great point. Go ahead, Dave. Any more questions about the book? Because Dave is the expert when it comes to writing, meaning he's written some books uh, and he's uh, he knows it. He's been there and done that. So give us some advice or a question regarding writing to Oscar. Well, I, li- I like what you said about the, the dreamer. I've been writing this book. That was me. I was writing a book for 30 years. And then I took this course, how to write a book in 30 days, and boom, I popped it out. And I popped another one out next year and another one. And now I'm working on my fourth one. But, Good for you. Uh, yeah, it sounded like you were a dreamer too. You said, well, I've been working on this book for a long time, but then you, you finally gave birth to it. You did something about it. That's awesome. Um, it, it's, it sounds like a great book. Um, uh, I'm going to send a copy of that book to my personal trainer because he wants to write a book. And I've been telling him to write a book for five years and he's still not doing it. So yeah, and, and he should know better. He's a personal trainer. He knows how to you know, get up and get motivated. Uh, a girl was dating him, and, and that just took him off track. Now he doesn't see girls anymore just <laughs> to stay motivated. You know. But that's, that's a big thing where we allow a lot of distractions that happen. And it was like when I first opened my gym. I had my friend who was my best friend in the world. I said, oh, I'm going to open up a training studio in Tribeca, New York. And he, never forget what he said to me. Why would you want to do that? That's like having another hot dog cart in a corner. I'm like, but that's my dream. That's what I want to do. Instead of being positive, you gave me such negativity. So I went and did it anyway. And that was the whole thing where 17 years later, I'm still here by myself. No partners, nothing, you know, marketing, everything you learn as you go and writing a book. It's like what you said, you were doing and doing, took a course. Once you start writing, 
That's all that you need to do. Just get start, put whatever you have in your head down on paper, and then it's just putting it together after that. The hard part is writing it and then just getting the contents. And then the easy part is just, oh, wow, look, I got all this material. Let me just put it together. Exactly. You know, it's a great point you talked about. I guess, Dave, you know, I'm a writer now writing for Podcast Magazine, the sports uh, category, but now someone asked me to be a co-author of a book. So at one point, I will be an author like you two. Now, what am I going to gain from this book? Like, there's tons of fitness books out there. What's the difference? Is it that makes your book different? So, My book is different because it's about the reader, not me. Not like, oh, you get all these books that go, I'm so great, I did this, and I trained these people, blah, blah, blah. I'm not that way. My book is an insight on how you can touch back into you being the inner child and enjoying exercise again. In there, there are workouts that my celebrities go through to the soccer mom. Even a rabbi I train. Everyone loves the line. I'm like, rabbi, drop down, give me 25. <laughs> you know, a lot of people go, it's great insight, plus diet. So it's a, something for you to hopefully get you motivated and get you started on that road to getting back to in shape or get healthy or start thinking about, hey, you know what? I want to do something for me. That's what the book is about. It's about you, the reader, to get you up and get you going again. Awesome. Now, Dave's final question is because he's a caregiver. So go ahead, Dave, with the caregiver question. Yeah. So I'm just a normal guy uh, enjoying my uh, emptiness phase with my wife. We've been married 46 years. So 21, 20, well, thank you. 21 years into it, she complains about this headache she had. You know, we're both healthy. We both, you know, see the doctor regularly and work out. And this headache turned into a stroke and she lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side. And um, after we grieved for a couple of years and figure out, you know, what, what to do, we almost broke up, but I hung in there. And now, you know, she reinvented herself and our love was rekindled. Now we travel all across the country just talking to caregivers, how to help your loved one's illness uh, prevent you from dying because 30% of caregivers die before their loved ones do. So my book, uh, one of my books, uh, it's My Life Too, Thrive and Stay Alive as the Caregivers, designed for caregivers who know they need to put their needs first, but they just don't know how. And so my question to you, because I, I say, if you're not a caregiver, just wait. You're either going to become one or you're going to need one. And everyone right. needs to be learning how to uh, handle caregivers now so they don't make the same mistakes I did. I don't want them to give up like I almost gave up, et cetera. What, how has caregiving touched your life? And do you ever think about it? You know, your parents, your grandparents. Yeah, I took care of my grandmother for a long time. God rest her soul. She lived down in Florida. I would fly every weekend down there, make sure she's okay, and garden and, you know, just sit with her. And that's the whole thing where I tell everyone, the best gift you can give anyone you really love and care about is time. Because time is very limited. The yeah. best thing is that you have to realize we're not immortal. Time goes by so quickly where you wish you had that extra 10, 12 years. So it's a very important you give that gift of time to people that you love and that also you know, let them know that I'm there for you no matter what. I'm here to help you. And it's a very big thing as us, as all in caregivers. It's like, you know, people you love and you care about, even your friends and stuff like that, you let them know that so they know, hey, you need something, you can come to me, you know? And that's a big thing for a lot of people don't understand that. Eventually, I'm going to get older where I'm going to need someone to help me. You know, if I need to go to the bathroom or I get sick, I mean, I've had knocking on wood here, cancer scares because I went through 9-11 as a police officer. I was mm -hmm. down there and a lot of us got sick. A lot of cops I know 
died, unfortunately, from all sorts of ailments from that. And I had a little touch, a little bit of asthma. And actually, I beat the asthma out of my system because of my uh, level of fitness, of constantly doing cardio, 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 eating correctly. I do like my Doritos and Pepsi and stuff like that <laughs> here and there, chocolate chip cookies. But I tell everyone, you take everything with, you know, one step at a time. And when you say caregivers, remember, you know, check on your neighbor. You yeah. know, that person there might need a little bit of help, you know, going to the store, especially now with the virus. Maybe they might need something. They can't get to the store. You, you're on your way. You can always pick something up for them. That little bit goes such a long way. You know, yeah. that's important. By the way, how old are you? I'm 54. Wow. You See, know, I used to be 54. No, he does not look 54, Dave. See, <laughs> no, that's the good. thing about training. Uh, I had Tony Horton on my show, and he did not look his age either. He's 61 now. I yeah, isn't that, isn't that amazing to see guys like that? You're like, yeah. are you kidding me? Well, I'm the elder here. I'm 66. Oh, you're yeah. the old dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm 21 you inside, you know? But, yeah. but that's the thing. You look good and you take care of yourself. Remember, Thank it's you. just, you know, models say that. You look how you feel. If you feel yeah. like crap, you're going to look like crap. Yes. Now, when I get out of the shower, I can look in the mirror. And if I'm holding my stomach in, I look great. So <laughs> how do we take care of that stomach, you know? Because stomach is all about relax. Well, you look like we got a beer belly. Okay. The, the biggest thing what happens is that for us men, after the age of 50, we lose that testosterone that really produces and keeps us that bigger or the tightness in our, our body. It's very easy to gain weight at that age, as we start yeah. to put it on, you have to increase your cardio and watch your diet. Don't go crazy, you're not running marathons every day, but if you can do three to five miles every other day, cut back a little bit on the sweets, that's gonna help try and get rid of that tummy. Yeah, I used keto to drop 20 pounds that I had gained over the last few months. Is that okay? Everyone says, oh no, you shouldn't do that, it's dangerous. But I just did it you know, for a period. Now I'm more on like Atkins, I watch my carbs. But weight builders like carbs, don't they? Correct, yeah. Carbs are a big building block for, remember they store energy. Protein's another thing where people have the misconception of protein diets. Protein diets, if you don't use the protein to build the muscle mass, and that's good for your, your big wrestler guy there, that it turns <laughs> to fat. That's why you see so many guys who are really big and they don't have any real definition. They're just big, lumpy guys like bouncers, you know? So if you're looking for that definition, you might want to look into your diet with as a key. There's a whole science behind that when it comes to getting lean. And back to what you're saying about the diet, it's a very good thing. It's like fasting. Like I tell people they do intermittent fasting was a big thing. And like all these fads come in and out. Like there was the, the master cleanse that lasted for a little bit. And then next, you know, was the uh, keto diet, like you said. And then there was some other like mushroom diet or an apple <laughs> diet. I'm like, okay, there's just so much for everyone. And that depends on the individual. What works for you might not work for other people. So you have to figure out what works best for you. And again, we're all going to gain a little bit of weight as we get older. It's very hard to say, no, I'm not going to have any more donuts. Or, you know, so, that, so limit your food intake a little bit for sweets. That's all. That's a key thing. That's how the extra pounds always pack on especially after this virus that we've been locked down since March, it's all snacking. Yeah. It's well, we're, snack, we're the same height. In the way. I might, you might have bigger bones than me. We're the same height, but you don't recommend that I go out and gain 30 pounds of muscle, right? No, not at all. Your frame probably is, it's not used to it. I was always a, a pretty muscular guy. So that's my frame. All right. So when I lose that, I don't, I feel like, you know, 
I feel like a little girl walking around. <laughs> <laughs> gets it. I'm like, oh my God, I lost all my walking. So Oscar, where can we purchase your book and learn more about you? Where can we go? So my book is available out on Amazon. Um, you can get it right from there. Hopefully they still have it in stock. Last time I checked, it ran out of stock. And the name um, of it? But it, on Amazon is where you can grab my book. The name and of the directly book? Directly from the publisher, Book Baby themselves, which were great. They were very nice. To help so what, what's, your, what's the name of your book? Again, uh, Natural me. Strength is my title. Oh, perfect. Strength. And Oscar, you have a website and stuff too? Yes, yeah, so you can go to my website, www.o-dstudiogroup.com. Okay. Awesome. And there's all sorts of links, my bio, everything else you need on me. There's a link also for the show. I was talking about my guest co-hosts I had. Um, everything, you know, that you need to know a little bit about me is, is right there for you. It's really easy. Like I said, the best thing about Google is that you can just Google everybody. <laughs> exactly. It's a good thing, but then you also, it's a bad thing if you some become so public, you're like, okay, maybe I didn't want them to know about that. But yeah, it's, well, it, it it's only... It's only certain things that you put on there, but it's also good. Like I tell everyone, do your research before you take any exercise or diet, do the research first. Don't jump into things. And that's when people do the yo-yo diet or nonsense. They try something. Oh, my friend told me this. Let me try this. And I'm going to go into that. And unfortunately, that's when people start to develop ailments. Now, my tip for you, you're going back into wrestling. I want you to try and increase your flexibility by 50%. That means every day you're going to stretch so you're going to think like a gymnast because okay. the more flexible you are the less acceptable you are going to become to injuries and it's going to help you so much when you want to twist these guys up like a pretzel <laughs> jump off the top rope where your body is going to be able to absorb that shock that's that's a great tip the, the flexibility but the other thing oscar is i till covid's i'm not gonna risk my entrepreneur lifestyle till COVID's over because again, we just don't want to get sick and then get other people sick. I can't believe, I think we're jumping too right. quickly. It's great with you, how you practice social distancing with your training, but you know, sports, I think they're going to have to take a backseat till we get this vaccine or at one point, I mean, this is not looking good. So. Correct. No, I agree with you. This is, I'm saying on your own, you yeah. don't need, I tell you, you don't need to go. Like I told you before, get yourself a set of dumbbells and lots of exercises you can do. If you don't, no any please email me you have my number call me yeah. i'll be more than happy to show you exactly a quick routine what you can do and depending on what you want to do and then as well as progress that's the whole thing it's all about progression and just keep moving forward which is important appreciate that. with your yeah. training sorry you're welcome thanks uh, oscar for your time dave one more question for oscar Give yeah uh Sorry to ask this, but I, I bet you're glad that you retired from the force early because I know you wouldn't want to be a cop today. No, not at all. Not on one bit. It's unfortunately where people don't understand that without a police force, it would be complete anarchy. Yeah. And then also, you yeah, know, who doesn't, who doesn't get that? Who doesn't yeah, get that? You know, they think about, I was like, think of the wild, wild west back in that <laughs> I, day. You stepped in someone's toe. You bumped into them. They pulled out their gun and shot you. Yeah. It was just, that's, that's complete lawlessness. Yeah. And that's, if you, without any repercussion of some sort of justice system and someone to enforce that justice system, you're looking yeah. at that again. So crime is going to go run rampant. Yeah. And that's and, why those people in Seattle got shot. It was correct. just uh, the wild Within their own, It wasn't the cops who shot them. It right. was their own people that shot them. Right. And people statistically, not to be political, but in the honest, crime on crime is a whole thing in most of the stuff. It's not like, People are getting shot every day and beat up every day by the cops. They're good cops. They're bad cops. There's good lawyers, bad lawyers, good doctors, and every profession. You know, 
once in a while things come out where things happen. But yeah, definitely now I feel bad for any of the city workers, most of the police. It's like you targeted these guys. I mean, if a sanitation truck guy ran over somebody, but they're like, oh, that's giving it all the garbage guys, you know, it was an accident or something done in purpose. Like, like under the criminal justice system, was your criminal intent, was it your intent to go out and try and shoot and kill somebody today? Yeah. Right. You know, so vote. <laughs> vote. Exactly. Vote. And I tell everyone, dude, as a cop, and I tell everyone I chase or arrest, I'm like, if you didn't do anything wrong, don't run. Don't hear you. When I get pulled over, I got pulled don't over resist. by a state the other day. And I'm like, not wearing my seatbelt, but no problem. Here's my badge and ID. I'm not going to run or fight with you. Hey, officer, how you doing? No problem. Here you go. Here's my ID. Simple as that. Don't run from the cops. And they have a saying, if you go to Africa and you go to a safari, they tell you on a bush walk, don't run. You know why? Because <laughs> you're prey. That's exactly what you are to the lions. You're running away because they're looking to eat you. If you stand your ground, which is kind of wild, is that they look at you and they're like, okay, boom, we're going to go our thing. Like I tell everyone, when I was a cop and I pulled people over, real simple, real quick, you, the person, controlled that yes, situation. Yeah. I don't. If you come across to me and go, officer, I'm sorry, I apologize, very simple, calm, collective voice, right away, nothing escalates. Hey, I pulled you over, you ran a red light. Don't worry, I can give you the yeah. courtesy to go, Please don't do it again. Here's a warning, or I'm going to issue you a summons. Yeah. You know, they you they talk about de-escalation for cops. They need to teach the public about de-escalation. Absolutely correct. That's the whole thing. Wow. Absolutely. It's like you control that situation. Yeah. Well, Oscar, okay. thank you for thank your you. service again, and thank you for the tips. I'm going to definitely utilize you and text you questions when I go through my journey. And as my uh, one mentor said to me in media, that was my pro wrestling manager. He says, Neil, you still could dominate in the sport. I said, okay, we will see, but at least <laughs> I'll, I'll be able to get back in the ring and enjoy it. Cause I miss it. So I appreciate guys both coming by okay. and uh, be it, was careful. it was a fun combo. No, thank you. All right. You're watching no, the Neil you Haley so show and we'll be back in just a moment.